following material is copyright 2010 by Tom Gilson. For more audio and written material, please visit the Thinking Christian blog, thinkingchristian.net. He has experience working with the Campus Crusade for Christ, so we're honored to have Mr. Gilson with, here, uh, with us here this morning. So why don't you give him a WCA welcome? Thank you. Thanks for the welcome here. Thank you, choir. I was a, a music guy in high school, too. In my case, it was, it was trombone. I was in the band. I went on to study music in college, and that was my first career was music. And this was terrific. I really enjoyed it. But a lot has changed since those days in the dark ages. Uh, an awful lot has changed. And I want to explore one of the ways that that, 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 that change has happened by asking you to answer a question for me. The song was, You Are God Alone. As Christians, we believe that we have one truth that applies to all persons at all times. It's the unique truth, and it's for everybody. Now, suppose you're at a soccer game or some scouts or something you're doing out in the community where you're with friends who don't go to Williamsburg Christian, And you say to this friend, one of your friends, the truth that I believe in is true for everybody. It's true for you, whether you like it or not. And if you believe in anything that disagrees with Christianity, on the points where we disagree, you're wrong and I'm right. Now, what's your friend going to say in reaction to that? What kind of reaction are you going to get? They're going to be mad? Pardon me? They're closed off to Christianity. They're going to be mad. What else? What else? What else would they say? That's good. Would any of them say, like, that's so rude? That's just, like, arrogant? That's just offensive? Who are you? You you got one truth, and your truth is, is supposed to be my truth? See, back when I was in high school and in college... If I said to somebody that Christianity is one truth, and it's true for all persons in all times, and if anybody disagrees with it, they're wrong, they wouldn't say I was rude. They would say I was wrong. That's changed. It used to be a question about whether Christianity, whether it was true or not. Now it's a question of whether it's polite or not. It used to be about what's right in terms of, you know, can you prove it? Now it's, a, now it's a question of what's right in terms of, do you have the right to even say that? Does it get uncomfortable as high schoolers, or even for the rest of us, to say we have one truth and it's true for everybody at all times, in all places, and anyone who disagrees with this truth is wrong? Does that get uncomfortable? Yeah. yeah. It's like, what do you do with this? It's It's... It's, it's not just a truth problem, it's kind of a morality problem. We're the immoral ones. We're the ones who are wrong to say that. Well, I want to give a, a, a close look at that, as to how that happened. This has changed. Your generation, up to about age 40, a little younger than me, is unique in the history of the world. It started in Europe a little earlier than it did here, so they, they, they were with us, only ahead of us in this, but you're unique in the history of the world because it has never been true that Christianity and its claims would be met with the same 
kind of your rude response. It's always been your, your beliefs are wrong rather than now it's you're wrong to have beliefs. This is different. How did it happen? I want to talk about that. I want to take a look at some scripture related to it and some, some ways of thinking about it that as I shared this with another group once, somebody said that's so refreshing because it gives you freedom to be who you are and to believe what you believe and it's okay. It's okay. And this is, this is what I want to share with you. Is first of all, some history. How did we get to where we are? And I have to compress, you know, like 2,000 years of history into a minute. But it used to be if you go back to biblical times, and even before that, if you've heard about, studied, whatever, read the philosophers before Christ, that there was a confidence that if you looked for truth, you might find it. Or at least some of it. Nobody thought they would discover all the truth that existed. But there was confidence that you could find truth by looking for it. Well, that truth, or that confidence rather, was supported strongly by biblical teaching, which said that God is truth and God speaks and he can speak truth and we can hear it because God, not because we're special, but because God's good enough in his power and his abilities that he can speak truth and we can figure out what he's saying by it, by his grace and his power. So we have access to truth, and we, if we seek truth, we can find it. Along about 1600 or so, maybe you've read in world history about the Enlightenment, and people in those, in those days started to take a different approach. They said, we're not going to look to God to be our source of confidence or a source of understanding or a source of truth. It's up to us. Hey, we're, we're men. We're women. Well, mostly it was men, really. They weren't into this equality thing at all then. We're men. And we can do this. And we can figure it out on our own. And so you had people like a man named Descartes. You may have heard of Descartes if, you, if you've been studying math, because he's the guy who came up with the XY, you know, XY coordinate system. But he also did some, some philosophy. And he said, is there anything I can know for sure just by thinking about it? He didn't come up with much. He came up with one thing he knew for sure, which was, I think, therefore I am. And if you've heard of that phrase, it's where it's, well, okay, there isn't much I know for sure, but I know that I exist. That isn't much. Following him was another guy who said, well, that's all too brainy. Let's look at what we can experience with our eyes and ears and so on in the world. His name was David Hume, and, and he came up with not much. He said, we can see a billiard ball moving after another billiard ball hits it. Uh, that's happened every time so far. So far, we don't really know what's going on when they hit each other. Following him, another guy said, uh, his name was Kant. He said, we can't know what's really going on around us in the world. We only know what's, going, what's, what's filtered through the way our brains work. And so, you know, what's this here? Um, well, I know how it comes to me, but I don't know if that's what it really is. And do you understand what's going on here? As people started to get a sense, because they cut themselves off from the, the, the confidence of, God, of truth in God, they started to wonder if we could know anything for sure. Of course, at the same time, you had something going on that was kind of going the other direction, which was the rise of science. And science was giving us this wonderful confidence that we could learn things and know them and understand them. And so we had chemistry and electricity and we were discovering all kinds of things. And, and it seemed true enough. And it was, it was a marvelous kind of a 
you know, we can't know much, but we can know this. But even science has turned out to disappoint, because you know what science doesn't get to is the really important question. It's like, why am I here? What really matters? What's my purpose? What's the point of all this? And science, at one point, and, and people still say that you can, eventually science will figure all that out, but they're wrong, and people have discovered that they're wrong, and science doesn't get us to the truths that really matter. And so here we are, we've got hardly any truths to count on if we cut ourselves off from God as the source of truth. Now, what do we do with this? Everybody's got to have some kind of a truth they can count on. People all over the world have things that they count on. We encountered that, especially beginning with the, with the whole increase in transportation and communication. Uh, we discovered that there were people in India who believed in Hinduism and people in the Middle East and all over the, the old world that, that believed in Islam and Buddhism, and Confucius, and tribal religions. And, you know, they all had their truths. And we had our truth, but we weren't very confident in anything that we believed because we were starting to think we did. We couldn't know anything for sure. We got ours. They got theirs. Who are we to say that ours is any better than theirs? We've all got our own. So what you ended up with is, is kind of a menu of options. And this is, a, this is my picture of it. It's just, you know, a circle with different... In Judaism, the Star of David, there's a Hindu Ankh, there's something that had to do with the Buddhist wheel. One of them has to do with science. And uh, there's Islam, and there's the cross, and there's Indian religions, and so on. And this is kind of your menu of nice options. And because we weren't confident in our own truth, and we knew that everybody else had their, own, had their truth, we started to think, well, okay, everybody's got their nice options, and we can pick off the menu. So, here we have it. We've got a menu of nice options. If you want to believe in Christ and go to heaven, great. If you want to believe in, uh, in Hinduism and can have lots of resurrections and eventually get to nirvana, not resurrections, that's our word, reincarnations. If you want to do that, that's fine. Pick your truth. Isn't one any better than another? So that's where it comes from. I pick a truth. You pick a truth. You Christians, you've got your truth. I got my truth. We all picked our own truth. Well, you tell me that my truth isn't as good as your truth. Well, I just picked it, right? How rude is that? Do Christians really hold the truth? There's a way in which, don't get scared, the answer is no. But I want to talk about a way in which the answer is certainly yes, first. In the... Uh, the confidence that we can have in what God has taught us. In Isaiah 45:19, he talks about this, his ability to, to communicate truth to us. I did not speak in secret, he says, in a land of darkness. I did not say, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. We can know the truth because the one who speaks the truth speaks it to us. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you. It's a very emphatic way of saying, I got the truth for you. He said that 25 times in the book of John. He told us that when the spirit of truth comes, spirit of truth comes, this is John 16:13. he will guide us into all the truth. So we've got a way to understand truth and to be guided into truth. But the Bible saw in advance that there was going to be a problem with that. If you go to Isaiah 59, verse 14, in the first part of the next verse, it says that justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away, for truth has stumbled in the public squares 
And uprightness cannot enter because truth is lacking. Truth is lacking. There's no truth out there. But we get to pick one. Because everybody has to have some kind of an idea of what they think is going to be their truth. And we got our menu of nice ideas. And who are you to tell someone else they're wrong as they take their pick off the menu? Well, I got a different question. Who are they to tell you that you're wrong? And by the way, they think that you can both have your own truth. I'm going to show you that's impossible. And here's why. Here's this menu. Nice ideas that the universe has for us. You can, if you want to do the Buddhist thing, you can do the Buddhist thing and, and get to where a good place. If you want to do the Muslim thing, they have five things that you're supposed to do in your life, and that'll make you a good Muslim. And, um, and you'll get to their idea of paradise. If you want to be uh, uh, Hindu, you can get reincarnated. You know, got all these nice ideas. And one of the universe's really nice ideas is the Son of God being tortured and killed for us. Does that go on a list of nice ideas the universe has for us? Does that fit? If you think there's a lot of nice ideas and Christianity is one of them, you're nuts. That's not a nice idea. It's not even a good idea, unless it's the only good idea. God would not have his son die the way he died unless it was the only way to save us. So if you've got some idea that you can pick your own truth and Christianity's on this list of nice ideas, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. And if you tell me I'm wrong, I can tell you that you're wrong. Christianity has to be uniquely true, or else it's just false. That gets us a little ways, but it doesn't quite solve the moral problem. It's kind of like, well, you're a bad person for thinking I'm, you know, you're a bad person because you think you've got the only truth. Well, yeah, but you're a bad person too because you disagree with me. That doesn't get you very far. We're not talking about just kind of this, this junior high back and forth thing. We're talking about something stronger than that. My mom was Norwegian. Her parents immigrated from Norway. They homesteaded in, in North Dakota, sod house, the whole thing. And the Norwegians are like the most incredible people on earth. Hardy. They, you know, if, you, you know, if you live in among all those mountains that far up north, you've got to be a tough people. And mom had a, a cartoon on her refrigerator, I wish I had a copy of it now, that, that said it's hard to be humble when you're Norwegian. <laughs> well, is it hard to be humble when you have the truth? We have the truth. Is it hard to be humble? These people over here, they're not being arrogant. They're just saying, I've got mine, and I'm not going to put it off on you. You're being really arrogant because you've got yours, and you're putting it off on everybody else. It's hard to be humble when you hold the truth, right? Do we hold the truth? Do we hold the truth? Do we hold the truth in the way they think of it? They think that holding the truth means that you've got... Your idea of what's right, and it's yours. You picked it. You picked it off this menu. Oh, and by the way, the menu isn't the only... Just because there's a menu doesn't mean that you're limited to what's on the menu, because, you know, where did those ideas come from? They came from people who didn't know either. So everybody's got their own option. You, everybody picked it. I got my truth. It works for me. It's my truth. It works for me. And... And so, if I say to this person, I have a truth that's Christianity, this is what they're going to hear me saying. This isn't what I'm saying. 
But this is what they're going to hear because I haven't explained it to them well enough. They're going to hear, oh, you picked your truth, it works for you, and it's Christianity. That's not what I'm saying. But that's what they're going to hear because when they think of truth, they're thinking of a truth that we picked that works for us. Now, if, if that's what I was saying, if I was really saying, I picked the truth, it's Christianity, it works for me, and by the way, you have to follow it too. If that's what I was saying, how rude would that be? That would be awful. That would be, that would be arrogant. That would be rude as it could be. And if they think we're saying that, why wouldn't they think we're being rude? We have to explain it otherwise. We don't hold the truth. The truth holds us. We didn't pick it. The truth, capital T. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We didn't pick our truth. We don't hold the truth in our hands like it's ours and we think it's cool and it works for us. We don't hold the truth. The truth holds us and we yield to it. We yield to the one who is the truth. We submit to it. I can't change the truth. I can't make it mine. It's not up to me. Now, this yielding position is the position of humility. We're not the arrogant jerks they think we are. In fact, if you think, well, I can pick my own truth, how arrogant is that? It's like, I don't care. Maybe there's some truth out there, but I'm going to pick mine. Yeah, that's all me. If it works for me, then it's okay. What Christianity teaches is that there is a truth there to which we must submit. It's a truth that is graciously granted to us by God not because we're incredibly smart. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul goes in, in, in to great length into speaking about that that's not where it comes from. It's in 1 Corinthians 1. I think it's in 1 Corinthians, the next chapter, 2. But he says um, in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 1, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the uh, wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. We're not incredibly extra special as to say, well, we picked the truth, and it's way better than yours. What we're saying is, God is the truth, and he is the truth for me and for you and for everyone for all time. So just by way of review, what I want to say is to encourage you. Yeah, if you go out into your neighborhoods, into your sports teams, if you get in one of these positions where it's uncomfortable saying, you know, I've got the truth, and it's the truth for everybody, the problem with that, just by way of review, is that we live in a world where we've got this feeling in the air that nobody can have the real truth. And if nobody has the real truth, then who am I to say that I've got a truth for everybody? That came from somewhere in history, that whole sense that nobody has a real truth. It came from a series in the history of philosophy, history of ideas. It came from somewhere. It had, there's a reason people think that way. 
And the reason is because they started trying to discover truth separate from God, cut off from the creator, from the revealer of truth, from the one who's truth himself. That's where it came from. And people have this sense, therefore, that it's up to us to pick a truth off of some menu or even to make up our own. And we Christians don't do that. We don't pick our truth off a menu. We pick our truth. Stop. We don't pick our truth. We discover our truth by our great wisdom and our great searching. Stop. We don't discover our truth that way. I'm not even sure we discover our truth as much as we are graciously given the truth and from there we have the groundwork to discover it in more depth by study. Don't say to anybody, don't ever say it, we Christians hold the truth. The truth holds us. And that's our ground for our confidence. And that's our ground for being able to say, there is truth for all people at all times, and I know it, and I'm not a bad person for saying so. Does this make sense? Yeah. Good. Is that helpful? Oh, yeah. Good. Thanks for letting me share with you.